Hello and welcome back to the Video Editing Podcast, the podcast where you and I have a conversation about how you can become a better editor so that you get to work with your dream client sooner. In a world that seems to celebrate film editing and put film editing on this pedestal of being the holy grail of editing and video editing is its unwanted ugly cousin, Unsplice celebrates video editing as an art form to itself. Whether that's commercials, broadcast, branded content, uh, social media content, gaming content, you name it. We celebrate it, we love it, and really that's why I founded Unsplice because there was no real one place to gain all the knowledge you need to become an incredible video editor, nowhere to celebrate our craft. Today we're going to be talking about uh, getting your first job and climbing the career ladder as a video editor. Now if you are just starting on your video editing journey then don't be put off because this first part is the hardest part. Trying to get your first job, build out your network, really is the hardest part of your entire career. Once you've got past that hurdle, things start to become a lot easier, so don't be put off. I remember thinking myself that I just wasn't really good enough, I wasn't really cut out to be a video editor. Um, I just didn't know how to network either. It was always terrible at networking. I didn't really like talking to people. I didn't know what to say when I spoke to people. And uh, I would approach people in person, just draw a blank, which didn't help anyone. And when I was writing emails, I realized looking back, they sounded desperate. It was really obvious with the language that I was using. So don't approach this with desperation. Is my first tip to you. It's uh, it's a challenge, but you're not desperate. Anybody would be lucky to have you as their video editor. So keep that in mind. By the end of this episode, hopefully you'll have an action plan of how you can take your first steps and get on the video editing career ladder. So coming up, four things that an employer looks for in a junior editor and they're probably not what you're expecting. We've also got five ways to get your first job. And we're going to talk a bit about the importance of a career goal. And then how you can take your next step in your career. So without further ado, let's begin the podcast. So, first of all, what are the four things an employer looks for in a junior editor? When you first apply for jobs or try and find jobs, um, you'll either find available a assistant editor role, or if you're lucky, you'll be considered for a junior editor role. Now, when you do apply for these jobs, the employer really isn't going to be looking for how good your edits are because at this point in your career, it's pretty clear that you're not going to be making super exciting, engaging content at lightning speed. 
it's a prerequisite, the fact that you're applying for a junior role. So don't worry, nobody is expecting you to be able to create an incredible, beautiful, perfect edit. What the employer is looking for, however, is common sense. They want to know that they can hand something to you and you'll be able to figure it out on your own. You're not going to be knocking on their door or emailing them or asking questions every five seconds. Of course, asking questions is expected, but they want to know that you'll be able to find the answers on your own and only if you really can't find the answer yourself, then do you ask questions. Uh, how can you show this to the employer? Well, if you use natural language on your CV, it shows that you're not trying too hard. Don't talk as if you're really trying to sell yourself. Use natural language like you and I would in a conversation together. That's going to get you past the first hurdle. Be organized and be punctual. So if someone emails you, get back promptly and efficiently. And in all your communication, show up to any interviews. Um, in, just present yourself in a way that looks like you've got your shit together, basically. Um, what else are employers looking for? Enthusiasm. They want to know that you actually want to be there. You're not just there for the money. They want someone who is going to be excited and enjoy the work they get and try and actively solve problems themselves. So how can you communicate this? Well, the employer is looking for attention to detail. So um, you could make your CV look really pretty. Um, I think what's a better idea is um, approaching a company with a CV or a cover letter that's not just a plain piece of A4. Why not send them a video or why not send them uh, something in the mail? Nobody uses the mail these days, it's all email. So if you did that, you're going to stand out and they're going to love you for that. And be likable, you know, just be friendly, be natural, be likable. And that will go a long, long way, more so than any software knowledge that you have. Those two qualities alone can secure you a job in a, in a junior position. Uh, thirdly, the third thing that the employer will be looking out for is a basic software understanding. So whilst the first two are the primary things that an employer is going to be looking for, they also want to know that you can actually use the software, that when they hand you something, you'll be able to ingest it, handle it, do everything in the right order and handle the assets correctly. And not that you'll be spending half your time looking online for tutorials. Of course, you will be looking online for tutorials, um, but just not constantly. So how can you communicate this to a future employer? Well, state your software skill level on your CV, beginner or intermediate. You could say how many years experience you have using the software, if you like, that could help. Uh, because software knowledge is more important than your qualification level. If you've got a university degree, it helps, but more important is your software knowledge. And the fourth thing that an employer will be looking out for is technical workflow knowledge. 
This is the knowledge of how to handle assets when they come in, in a professional environment. What happens as soon as you receive the rushes and how are they transcoded or handled for the edit and how is the how are the assets managed on the server side? They just want to understand that you have a general technical workflow knowledge. Now, if you feel you struggle with understanding of codecs and transcoding, um, what formats should be what for what purpose, uh, you can take a look at the technical workflow module from Unsplice, and that will help teach you how to handle the assets correctly, what format they need to be in for what purpose, and everything else that you need to know to start in a professional environment as a junior. Uh, it teaches you how to bridge the gap from being self-taught to a professional environment. If you're interested in that, take a look in the show notes and there will be a link to the technical workflow module. So those are the four main things that an employer is looking for in a junior editor. However, there is a bonus fifth thing, and that is After Effects skills. I know that it's not a prerequisite, so this is not a necessity, but if you have some After Effects skills, they are in high demand, and it will give you the leg up if the final decision on employment is between you and another candidate. If you've got After Effects, they're gonna choose you. It's also a fantastic skill to have, just generally as a video editor, having the ability to make basic titles, do basic VFX and compositing. It'll make your life a lot easier. So those are the main things that an employer is going to be looking for when they bring on a junior candidate. But where are you gonna find these roles? Well, there's five main ways that you can get your first job in the video editing world. Um, the most popular and the main way is getting a job as a runner in a post-production studio or in a network. These jobs are quite hard to get into generally because the, um, the number of uh, appliance is quite high. Appliance? Applicants, sorry. Generally, the demand for these roles are pretty high. There's got a lot of applicants. So uh, the possibility of getting in is a lot harder. However, once you're in, you build a great network of people who all work in the industry. These people have also come from other companies who have their own network. So immediately from day one, you've already got a network of incredible contacts that will serve you for the rest of your career. That's how I know so many successful editors started. And it gives you an incredible knowledge of the professional workflow for post-production. Uh, one of the other ways, the second way, is to uh, apply for assistant editor jobs online. You can find these sorts of jobs in forums uh, and job listing sites, for example, Craigslist, Facebook, um, obviously job listing sites where you are in the UK, there's Indeed um, and, and sites like this, even LinkedIn is a great asset to find these sorts of jobs. But really most assistant 
editors are employed or brought on through word of mouth. So if you wanted to uh, find an assistant editor role, you could also speak to other assistant editors because when they are called for a job and they can't make it, if you are friends with them and they trust you, they're going to say, hang on, I can't do this job, but I know someone else that can. That is a great way to get your first entry into the assistant editor world. The third way is to network at film festivals and um, other uh, professional gatherings. There's, uh, you know, so many film festivals for specific types of films. If you're interested in documentary making, there's one specifically for that near you or music videos. Uh, or commercials, there's the DNA D Awards. There are all these professional um, companies that create shortlists of the best work within their fields. Use these as a great networking opportunity to speak to people and put your services out there. Uh, the fourth way is to reach out to YouTubers and offer your services. If you're interested in working with YouTubers and going down that path, then offer your services to YouTubers. You'll have to start small and work your way up to bigger artists and content creators, but it can be a viable career. It's a bit low paid to begin with and um, competition is quite high and there are a lot of snakes out there that will expect you to work for free. So don't undersell yourself. Um, there is a video editing rate calculator on the Unspice website, which you can check out if you're unsure how much you should be charging for your video editing work. Um, go onto the Unspice website and check out the video editing rate calculator. So uh, number five, the, the fifth way to get your first job in video editing is to start cutting videos for cheap on Upwork or Fiverr or some kind of marketplace. This is, uh, it feels like the kind of the default that everybody resorts to when they decide, I want to start a career in video editing. I'll go to Upwork or to Fiverr. Upwork is generally better than Fiverr. Fiverr seems to be bottom of the barrel work. A race to the bottom, everything's cheap. The thing is, it takes so long to build up a reputation on these platforms uh, that you're often doing work for next to nothing and getting very little out of it for a long period. It takes a long time to build up. So I don't recommend these. Um, I would see these as a last resort. And if you do integrate them as part of your uh, and working, then make sure it's a very small part of where you get your work from. Five to 10%. Use the other avenues as a way to get your foot in the door. Uh, so there you have the five best ways to get your first job. So once you've made it in, you obviously realize that there are many different types of specialisms that you can be as a video editor. I mean, we're talking uh, commercials, documentary editors, uh, features, 
reality TV. Trailer editors, music video editors, corporate video editors, wedding video editors, and social content. This really kind of harks to the importance of a career goal. Because once you embark down one career path towards one of these nine specializing in one of these different types of editing, then it can be difficult to move from one to the other. Not impossible, but it can be difficult. So it is generally a good idea to understand and figure out what it is that you enjoy, what it is that you want to do uh, further down the line so that you can start working on those types of edits and gain a reputation for that kind of work. So now you're there, you've got your foot in the door. You've already figured out what it is that you want to do, which editing you want to specialize in. How do you then take the next steps in your career? Well, it depends where you are and how you've started. But if you are employed, one of the main ways that everybody obviously assumes is just to rise up the positions in the company, gain a promotion. You just work on bigger projects, speak to the people in charge. This is how you're going to get your next leg up within a company. You just got to put yourself out there, tell the people in charge, I want to work on this. I want to do more of this sort of thing. And if you just give me a chance, I will prove to you that I can do this. Prove it to them, do the work, and then put your rate up. Tell them, it's obvious I can do this amount of work. I can do this well. I believe I am worth this much money. And if there's someone else in the company earning uh, a certain amount of money, you can use them as a figurehead. They're earning that much. I believe I am worth that much as well. So that's how you can take a step up within a company when you're employed. If you are freelance, then you can, again, network, network at film festivals uh, and in industry events. There are tons out there. And with the pandemic, everything's gone online now. So sometimes you don't even need to leave the comfort of your desk. You can reach out to people online, uh, find people on social media. Honestly, social media is an incredible tool to be able to, to contact people and put your network out there. Make sure your social media is on point. Use it as a portfolio. Don't send people to your website. Send them to your social media. Because if it's all there, it's really easy for them to share with someone else. They find it, they find something they like, they can send it to a director or another producer or another editor. Hey, check this out. One, one click, done. So uh, it makes life a lot easier. And also other people can share your work on their feeds. So uh, I highly recommend social media as a, uh, a portfolio platform. If you are going down the YouTube route, then uh, quite simply, you just need to reach out to YouTubers with more followers and show them your work, ask for a higher rate than you're currently on and keep doing this step by step. Of course, if you're interested in employment, then why not just apply for jobs online? Simply as simple as that, really. Um, you can find them on any job site and just gradually increase your, your pay rate 
and move up your career that way. That one's pretty standard. Um, another way to uh, step up in your career is to network online in forums. Craigslist, as we mentioned before, Facebook groups um, is also great and other online forums. There's loads of Facebook groups that are always looking for editors, uh, certainly assistant editors, and there are loads on uh, in UK groups who are always looking for editors for different stuff. And the generally are fairly decent pay. And um, you don't need a huge amount of those jobs to build out a network because one person will recommend you to another. You could also approach charities if you think about that and you're you feel a bit put off by the corporate world charities are always looking for volunteers and staff to help send and put their message out they can be a fantastic resource and they are so much more thankful for your work than a corporate company can be if you feel like you've got the time and the means then reaching out to charities and offering your services to them can be a fantastic way to level up your career. So number six, if you are going down the YouTube route, then of course, just pitch your services to YouTubers with more subscribers. Put your rate up, you'll start working on better projects and earning more money and just keep doing that step by step. Uh, if you are interested in cutting music videos, then why not reach out to music video labels? More and more music is being consumed through YouTube, through videos uh, as an actual means rather than, you know, just Spotify. So uh, all these labels are trying to create tons and tons of video content because they have uh, new artists, up-and-coming artists that they don't have a great amount of budget in, uh, to create videos for. So they are always looking for uh, video editors to essentially create something, create music videos from low-budget shot footage. If you can hit them up directly, you can be one of their first port of calls for all of their content. And finally, if you are interested in working and cutting weddings and then why not reach out to wedding videographers find some online that you respect you like their work just reach out to them show them your reels show them your work and show them how you can be an asset to them um, and there you have it those are eight ways essentially to take the next step in your career so these have all been very practical tips to help you take the next step in your video editing career. Hopefully you've been able to take something that will help you on your journey and give you an action plan of what you need to do next. But of course, it's not just actions that need to be considered when you're moving from junior to pro. There's a mindset shift that needs to go on. And there's a lot of uh, mental preparation to uh, to go from cutting in your bedroom or cutting for yourself uh, and working in your own way and your own workflow to working for professionals. So knowing what to expect on your journey becomes super, super important. 
And so this is something that you can learn for free in the free one hour training module, how to go pro. So if you're interested in learning exactly what to expect on your journey from junior to pro, I'll put a link in the show notes to the one hour free training, how to go pro. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, This has been episode two, and I'm hoping that I get a lot better. So uh, bear with me because I'm sure in a year's time, I'll look back on these first episodes and together we can we can cringe about uh, the quality and how I've improved over this next year. So thank you so much. I, I appreciate your support and I look forward to speaking to you next week. Take care.